and welcome to Provocative Thoughts. Let's get you know that. Big O's coming on. Here we go. Here comes your song. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and four parts without commercial interruption. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading the charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because... Hello, and welcome to Provocative Thought, intimately known as T.T., striving to awaken those who are asleep, stimulate those who are awakened, feed those who are starving, and nurture those who seek to know. I am your host, Carlton Speed a self-proclaimed student of life in the search, discovery, and revelation of life on life's terms. Queen Mother for Real Media for allowing me to host this show. I'd also like to thank the creator for allowing me to be. You can contact this show by dialing 347-989-0180. Please press 1 to speak. Again. By dialing 347-989-0180. Please press 1 to speak. You can reach us on the Internet at www.balltalkradio.com backslash Queen Mother for Real and listen to the show live or listen to previous episodes. You can also contact us on Facebook at Provocative Thought PT Community Organization. Tonight's topic, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin, 17, was murdered by George Zimmerman on February 26, 2012, in Sanford, Florida. On July 13, 2013, George Zimmerman was acquitted of second-degree murder in Florida. George Zimmerman later sold the gun he murdered Trayvon Martin with for $250,000. That's a quarter of a million dollars. Trayvon Martin was not able to tell his story. No one from CSI came to Trayvon Martin's defense with forensic evidence to dispute George Zimmerman's allegation that he acted himself. Let's examine some of the evidence and come to our own conclusion. From the CNN Library, facts. Trayvon Benjamin Martin was born February 5th, 1995. He was a 17-year-old African-American high school student who lived in Miami Gardens, Florida, with his mother, Sabrina Fulton. 
February 2012, Martin was visiting his father, Tracy Martin, in Sanford, Florida, after receiving a 10-day suspension from school. George Zimmerman, born October 5, 1983. He was a part-time student at the Seminole State College and a neighborhood watch captain at the retreat in Twin Lakes, in a tree, at a Twin Lakes gated community in Sanford at the time of the shooting. He is the son of Robert and Gladys Zimmerman, which is a Florida law. Florida law draws a distinction between misdemeanor stalking, punishable by up to one year in jail, and felony or aggravated stalking, punishable by up to five years in Florida State Pen- Pen- Prison. Excuse me. Misdemeanor stalking requires the stalker to willfully, maliciously, and repeatedly follow or harass another person. Florida stalking law. Harass means to engage in a course of conduct directed at a specific person that causes substantial emotional distress in such person and serves no legitimate purpose. Course of conduct means a pattern of conduct composed of a series of acts over a period of time, however short, evidencing a continuity of purpose. Credible threat means a threat made with the intent to cause the person who is the target of the threat to reasonably fear for his or her safety. The threat must be against the life or a threat to cause bodily injury to a person. Misdemeanor stalking requires the stalker to willfully, maliciously, and repeatedly follow or harass another person. Aggravated stalking requires the stalker to willfully, maliciously, and repeatedly follow or harass another person and make a credible threat with the intent to place that person in reasonable fear of death or bodily injury. The preponderance of challenges rise claim that the terms defining the offense such as willfully, maliciously, or repeatedly were unconstitutionally vague, served no legitimate purpose, failed to give fair notice of prescribed activity, and were overboard. So here we have Trayvon Martin, as we know the story of what happened. Martin was visiting his father, went to the store to 7-Eleven and get some Skittles and Arizona iced tea. On his way back, he drew the attention of George Zimmerman, who was patrolling the neighborhood in a sport utility vehicle, and he, George Zimmerman, called 911 to report a real suspicious guy. This guy looks like he's up to no good, or he's on drugs or something, Zimmerman told the dispatcher. It's raining, and he's just walking around looking about. The man tried to explain where he was. Now, he's coming towards me. He's got his hand in his waistband. And he's a black male. Something's wrong with him. Yup. He's coming to check me out. He's got something in his hand. I don't know what this fellow, what his deal is. These assholes, they always get away. After discussing his location with the dispatcher, Zimmerman exclaimed, shit, he's running. And the, the following sound suggests he left his vehicle to run after Martin. Are you following him, the dispatcher asked? Zimmerman replied, yep, 
Okay. We don't need you to do that, the dispatcher's warrant. Several minutes later, according to the other callers of 911 in the neighborhood, Zimmerman and Martin got into a wrestling match on the ground. One of the pair could be heard screaming for help. Then a single shot ran out, and Martin lay dead. In this case, in the case of George Zimmerman, the stalker, town watcher, he sought to control he sought control over Trayvon Martin and pursued him while armed with a handgun. He expresses male dominance and machismo by pursuing Trayvon Martin with a handgun because of his obsession, animosity, and fear of the young black male in his community. He further exercises dominance by disregarding the advice of the police operator who advised him not to follow Trayvon Martin and not to get out of his vehicle. For George Zimmerman to think that Trayvon Martin did not belong in the neighborhood or was conducting some illegal act without probable cause is indicative of his delusional ignorance, racial profiling, and determination to engage and intimidate the youth. In doing so, George Zimmerman, an adult, placed Trayvon Martin, a 17-year-old youth, at risk. And in this case, Trayvon Martin was murdered. Zimmerman referred to Martin as a suspicious person. Suspicious of what? Walking or running down the street looking a man in the face or being black with a hoodie? Since everyone white, black, Latino, and Asian wear hoodies, the only other factor is the color of his skin. So this stalker, Zimmerman, becomes obsessed with the young stranger and mounts a campaign of harassment to make the victim aware of his existence. He stalks and approaches Trayvon Martin, who tried to get away from George Zimmerman. Trayvon Martin realized that he was being stalked by the delusional George Zimmerman, chooses to stand his ground in defense against the threatening course of conduct, pattern of conduct composed of a series of acts over a period of time, however short, evidencing a continuity of purpose. George Zimmerman has no ground to stand or no grounds for standing his ground because he covered a lot of ground in pursuit of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin. George Zimmerman's stalking of Trayvon Martin caused substantial emotional distress in the youth and served no legitimate purpose. Trayvon Martin is justified in using or threatening to use force against George Zimmerman because he reasonably believed that such conduct was necessary to defend himself against George Zimmerman's stalking of him, an imminent use of unlawful force. Who, pre- who presents the greatest threat, the man with the gun or the youth with the iced tea and Skittles? Did George Zimmerman murder Trayvon Martin, or was it, act of self-defense. Self-defense in Florida, the use or threatened use of force in defense of a person. A person is justified in using or threatening to use force except that these force against another when and to the extent that the person reasonably believes that such conduct is necessary to defend himself or herself or another against the other's imminent use of unlawful force. 
a person who uses or threatens to use force in accordance with this subsection does not have a duty to retreat before using or threatening to use force. A person is justified in using or threatening to use deadly force if he or she reasonably believes that using or threatening to use such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself or herself or another to prevent the imminent commission of a foreseeable felony. A person who uses or threatens to use deadly force in accordance with this subsection does not have the duty to retreat and has the right to stand his or her ground if the person using or threatening to use deadly force is not engaged in a criminal activity and is in a place where he or she has a right to be. Trayvon Martin's girlfriend was on the phone when Trayvon informed her about the threatening, stalking behavior of George Zimmerman. She encouraged him to run. He decided to walk fast. George Zimmerman follows Trayvon Martin with a gun in his possession. George Zimmerman approached Trayvon Martin. This is not the behavior of a man who is fearful of another, in this case, fearful of a 17-year-old with iced tea and skittle. Why would he be scared? He had the gun. He can make an, we can make an educated guess that George Zimmerman purchased the gun to use, and he did use it. Somehow, there began a fight between the armed, delusional stalker and the black youth with the Skittles and iced tea. George Zimmerman told police Trayvon Martin knocked him down with a punch to his nose, jumped on him, repeatedly banged his head on the ground, then tried to grab Zimmerman's gun. The report states, in a struggle for Zimmerman's gun, the watchman shot the teenager. Zimmerman's brother said, George showed tremendous restraint, bent his firearm from being taken from him and used against him. And that's called saving your life. How did Trayvon Martin know George Zimmerman had a gun? Florida state law prohibits those licensed to carry to reveal the weapon to intimidate. It should be concealed. George Zimmerman showed no restraint because he was encouraged by the police operator not to pursue Trayvon Martin, not to get out of his SUV. He stalked, harassed, and assaulted and murdered a 17-year-old youth who was trying to return home with some goodies from the store. Trayvon Martin acted in self-defense after standing his ground against the threat of a man who was stalking him. His assault of George Zimmerman was in response and reaction to the threat George Zimmerman presented by stalking him, possibly attacking Trayvon Martin. If Trayvon Martin did attempt to take George Zimmerman's gun, it was at the point that he became aware that George Zimmerman had a gun, which now presented a lethal threat to Trayvon Martin as they struggled on the ground. If you are in a fight with someone who has a gun on them, you are at imminent risk of being shot or killed by the combatant, especially if he is losing the physical confrontation, is simply afraid 
or has anger issues. It would be in Trayvon Martin's best interest to control the threat. Therefore, it is logical for Trayvon Martin to attempt to take the gun from his stalker, George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman from shooting him, especially if the gun is drawn or being drawn in close quarters. Really, are we to believe that George Zimmerman was being beaten by Trayvon Martin and he only used his gun after Trayvon Martin attempted to take his gun? That's kind of odd. How many people are going to take a behind whipping with a gun on them? You're not going to pull your gun out. Remember, experts testified that the voice heard screaming on the recording is not the voice of George Zimmerman. Sounds like Trayvon Martin had become aware of the lethality of his situation. Hawkey, could you remind the audience to press one? Please press one if you have something to say. Callers, please press one if you want to interject something into the uh, conversation. At the point that George Zimmerman had his gun in his hand, any lethal threat to him would have been terminated. There was no need to use deadly force because the potential lethal threat no longer existed. Two lives could have been saved if George Zimmerman the adult had simply not stalked and harassed Trayvon Martin. George Zimmerman did not identify himself as a member of the neighborhood watch group or express his concerns. This may have de-escalated the tension between Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman did little to nothing to avoid the confrontation, yet he stated he would do he would not do anything different. So why apologize for something you would do again? George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin's shooter, was fired from a 2005 job as a security guard for excessive aggression, a former co-worker told the New York Daily News. George Zimmerman's account of what happened is not consistent with an eyewitness account of the incident just before Trayvon Martin was murdered. A witness said Zimmerman and Trayvon were scuffling on the grass. She said, not the pavement, as Zimmerman claims. Contrary to Zimmerman's claim that he suffered cuts and a broken nose, the witness said he didn't appear to hurt or anything else. A fact from the Alamante family practice contained the medical records identifying the injuries sustained by Zimmerman on the night of the shooting. Open wound of the scalp without mention of complications, nasal bones, closed fractures sought by other specified means. I saw a picture of George Zimmerman. Pardon, you have like, a caller. Seemed like his nose was injured. Uh, caller, welcome to Provocative Thought. Hello, this is Q. Can you hear me? Q, how you doing, Q? Yes, sir. Hey, good. All right. Um, I just want to say, um, that was um, that was a shame. That that child was a sham or something. There's no way that an adult should be stalking somebody 
specifically a child, an armed adult should be able to stalk a child and get away, but that's the way Zimmerman may be. That should at least be some type of jail time for him, if not um, a, um, I don't want to say a death sentence, you know what I mean? Right. That was, that was almost, if a black person, if he was black and that kid that got killed was white, we wouldn't have, be having this conversation. Everybody be talking about how, um, you know, they should be freeing the black man off of death row because there's no way that uh, that should have happened. So either the uh, prosecutor was incompetent or the jury was incompetent, or maybe they both were. But that was that was really that was ridiculous the way that the way that happened there. And if people don't understand what people are, you know what people are saying about the Black Lives Matter and how specifically, you know, all lives matter, but specifically how cases like that emphasize the point of Black Lives Matter, you know, they don't see that, you know, then that's that's their racism or hate, I believe, that's um, preventing them from seeing it. Because, you know, that's like the perfect example of pointing out how the system is geared towards not helping or not giving blacks any type of recourse in these types of situations. Right. That's historical. Because it's nothing new. You know, right. I, and as you said, that's a, that's a, that's a, an example in, you know, contemporary times that, that you know, we, we still had a situation that, um, you know, favoritism short, so against African American. It doesn't matter if George Zimmerman is white or Peruvian, as I've seen some of the arguments about uh, his race being. It doesn't matter if he's white or not. The point is that he killed an African American, and, and it's basically like, you know, they put Trayvon Martin on trial dead. He's no, no one's there to speak for him, no one, you know, to say anything um, in his defense. But they tried to, you know, slander him or just talk about whatever was bad about him. You know, I'm sure Zimmerman has a lot of bad things about him also. You know, it's not even a point if Trayvon Martin had a criminal record or not. The point is, at the point that George Zimmerman uh, approached him and stalked him and approached him, was was he within his right to take this, this kid's life? And, and, you know, like even before that, he shouldn't have done it. The, the operator was done, had enough sense to say, don't follow this guy. Right. You know, don't get out of your vehicle. So I mean, you don't want to listen to the police. Um, if he if he didn't have a gun when he had got out of his car, that's a, you know that's a question. We'll never know that. But you, right. and, you know, but we but we can we can uh, make an educated guess that when you have a gun on you, you tend to have a little more heart than you do when you don't. Some of them. You understand? Mm-hmm. That's so right. maybe that gun boosts Zimmerman's heart and his association with the police department made him feel, you know, you know, like he could do whatever he wanted. He could even just didn't have to listen to the dispatcher, you know, which uh-huh. I guess he doesn't have to listen to the dispatcher, you know, but the dispatcher gave him some good advice, you know, because if, if I was in George's shoes, I would not have got out of my vehicle. I would have called right. the police department 
hey, hey, y'all need to handle this. Come down here and check this guy out. That's it. I'm not found watch. That means I'm looking at my eyes. I'm not going out after nobody, looking at nobody. He said he, he had walked to look to see the name of a street because he was asked, what street? Where was he at? What street? And he didn't know the street in the community where he lived uh, for a couple of years. And was uh-huh. found, the, 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 he's the head of the town watch. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and it seemed like to me that if he was in that courtroom and somebody was talking about George Zimmerman, was what he's, what's the phrase down in Florida? Standing his ground? It would seem like this unarmed teenager would have been standing his ground who lost against an armed adult. That's right. Stalking him. Um, right. Actually, that's what I was saying in the narrative, that it appears that Trayvon Martin was standing his ground against a perceived stalker, which would be George Zimmerman, the adult. Right, uh, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess he didn't know that uh, George had a gun on it. Uh-huh. But at the point that he could see that there was a gun involved, if I'm whipping you behind and I see you got a gun on you, I have to, I have to take that gun. Because what comes after that, after that butt whipping is, is some shooting. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's when you realize so, that you have to be in a gunfight. Because they right. come two people fighting and one person is armed. That's a gunfight. Right. It's going to escalate to that. How many people are going to take a butt whipping from a suspicious character, right? Uh-huh. And you have a you license to carry or not. And you're not going to use your weapon. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that 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 right there is a little shaky. You know, it said that uh, one officer, I think it was, I don't know if it was the first officer on the scene or not, or not but it was, he was going to uh, take George Zimmerman in, press charges against him. And then the DA's office said they didn't have enough evidence. And I'm like, they seem like they got a lot of evidence. You got a, a, like you say, an armed adult stalking a youth in the community, just that alone. You know, he's a minor child, and he's been taught by an adult. You know, and I'm saying, um, George Zimmerman said at one point that he put his hand in his pants, he came around his car, and maybe this, that was, say that this, Trayvon did do that. I'm not saying he did it or not. But if he did do it, if I feel like I'm being stalked by an adult, maybe I might do something like that just to scare him off, try to back him off. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a weapon, because if he had a weapon, he'd have been shot in his car. If it was that uh-huh. kind of part, you know, he'd have been shot when he drove when he walked by that area where he didn't see Trayvon. If he walked by a, a, a back alleyway uh, and he didn't see Trayvon and he came back to it and Trayvon is there, that's that's weird right there. So let's say that that did happen. That that would indicate that Trayvon Martin was trying to hide from this guy, right? Uh-huh. So right. It, either way you put it, this kid is trying to evade this man who's following him. You know, right? And then we. We have uh, the problem with the um, expert testimony of the uh, voice analysis heard on the 9-11 uh, tape. Um, we have two expert testimonies. They say that that voice uh, of the individual yelling for help is not George Zimmerman. Mm. One police officer, Chris Serino, filed an affidavit on the night of the killing, that stated he was not convinced by George Zimmerman's version of events. 
according to ABC. But Serena was overruled by the state attorney's office, which said there wasn't enough evidence to secure a a conviction in court. Yeah, they shady. Yeah, well, it, it is a it's a big problem here. Yeah. It appears to me that the, and you know George Zimmerman's uh, defense didn't go for the stand your ground. You, you know they didn't go for that. They, he pleaded self defense. He's saying he was defending himself against the uh, aggressive the assault that uh, Trayvon Martin uh you know put on him. You know, bogus no, that's can't post him. Say, what you want? Which is something, you know, whatever it was. You know, but, but I mean, if you stalk somebody, at what, at what point, and then you run into them, you know, at what point do you think that that somebody that you're stalking is not going to become aggressive towards you eventually? And you, you're a grown man. Mm-hmm. You know, and based on Florida law, uh, if he felt, if he felt. From the stalking law, if he felt threatened, he had a right to use force. And he was being stalked by, by uh, George Zimmerman. But, as we said, as we see, Trayvon Martin is dead. He can't speak for himself. So I made an attempt to try to speak for Trayvon Martin tonight. But it seems like to me, like, you know, a lot of things just were, you know, overlooked. I mean, it just seemed like a, kick, a clear-cut case of at least... Manslaughter. We got into a fight. He grabbed me. He tried to grab my gun. I pulled it out. And I got it. And I shot him. That's at least manslaughter. Man yeah. one. Trayvon Martin don't have a weapon on him. He has no lethal force. Right. You know, and I mean, you can't stop him from banging your head on the curb, from punching in the nose, but you can stop him from grabbing your gun enough, with enough, and enough time to, to shoot him. You know, and he said he'd do all, he would do the exact thing over again to add mm-hmm. salt to the injury of George Zimmerman sold a gun for a quarter of a million dollars on the Internet and said he's going to use the money to, to, let me see, he's going to use the money. He promised to use some of the proceeds to push back against the civil rights movement, Black Lives Matter which has risen in popularity in the wake of the death of Martin and other unarmed black victims of gun and police violence. That's what this guy said he's going to do for money. And, you know, and you know, I'm looking at the situation, I'm saying, okay, it's clear that he murdered this kid. And now he's profiting off of the murder. Now, I remember another guy was, was OJ acquitted or found guilty or not guilty. And but he was not allowed to write a book about his experience, right? Uh-huh. I said, I'm like, um, but nobody's, look, look at this guy. He's he's actually selling the weapon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? OJ's just writing a book about, you know what I mean? He's writing a book. This guy's actually selling, sold a weapon. And who right. would want to pay $250,000 for the weapon that murdered Trayvon Martin? What kind of person is that? Who is that? The gun is, I think, huh? Uh, that's that's the uh, white supremacists showing their colors. They still showing that they still they still around, even after uh, Reconstruction. They still, you know, they they still alive. They still alive and kicking. 
Right. So That's part of the system. Okay, you have another call. Okay, Q, we have another caller. Thanks for calling, Q. Next caller, welcome to the Uh-oh, podcast. Going to, hi, going to day races. Hello. Hello, brother Carlton. How you doing, brother? All right, brother. How you doing? All right, this this is your Paul Bumsy, man. Oh, Paul, how you doing, Bump? Hey, Paul. Hey, man, I'm listening to your conversation, and the first thing that came to my mind is hitting racism, man. You know, and and it's starting to these these type of actions is bringing this hidden racism out, and the people starting to see this now. Before, you know. Um, it, it was quietly kept under the rug. But now, with all these things that's happening, how can you not see it? And how can the people that you put in in position, the politics, not see this here and try to do something about it? I mean, it's plain. It, it, it's the, the eyes is open to to what's going on, but yet they still is denying what's, what's, what they see, what's happening. Right. Well, well, you know, that's been going on for a long time. So how yeah, can they do it? Because they've been doing it for a long time. It's been happening for a long time, so it's not new. You understand what I'm saying? No, it's not I, new, no. You know, because look, look, what I'm saying is this here, Mumin, what's the name? Uh, I bought Mumin. You know, they charged him with an incident that he had nothing to do with it because of his brother. But yet, this man here, physically, they know he killed this young man. Right. That's hidden racism, man. Right. right. You understand? Mar- you understand? Right. Yeah, they, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Perfect. Right. So, you know, that's all I have to say is that people need to be aware of the hidden racism in, in, in America that, that is, is upon different nationality people, different people of color. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't have that against their own people, but you have it against other people. That's hatred. Right. Right. Now, you know, one argument they have against the uh, racist theory is that George Zimmerman is not white, that George Zimmerman yeah. is uh, Peruvian and Hispanic. He don't have to be white to be racist at all. Okay. It's, that's, that's, that's the wrong thinking that you got to be a, a person of color to, to be right. a racist. The white supremacist agenda and not be um, Actually, white. white. Correct. Right. You got you got you got African American black people that are also racist against their own people, their own color, against other right. people. So right. it, it, it you know it's not the thing that you got to be white or black to be a racist person. It's, it's right. just, just being an evil that double on that person. You know. Right. Okay. So if you support the um the basically the white supremacist ideology, which devalues the lives of anybody who is not white, then you are are in that you belong in that pool, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, now, we put these people in, in, in office. If we put these police officers in their position, but yet they they're not anyway. going, but not yet they're not questioning them or give them a polygraph to to the honesty about are they a racist person. You know what I'm saying? But yet you're going to give me that test, try to accuse me of a crime that I didn't commit. But you don't get that man, that police officer, he's going to shot that man to, to question him of his integrity, honesty, by giving him a test. But they, they don't want to introduce that, but yet that's that hidden racism. Right. You know, well, George Zimmerman is not a police officer. No, he's not. But I'm just saying, the same principle 
that you give a person that you're trying to commit, you're trying, trying to uh, 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 um, sentence a person of crime, first thing you want to do is, is give them a polygram of test. But yet, right. how about the man that, that, that the officer or say officer or gentleman gives him that? Let's see how worthy he is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. So I, I can say, you know, but I'm not. Yeah. We got to deal with that hidden racism that that we don't we don't see, but it's there. Don't seem like it's that hidden. <laughs> don't seem like it's that hidden uh, uh, to me. But I understand what right. you're saying. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, that's that's all I have to say there, brother. Right, you know, we appreciate your call and your input. Right. All right. Have caller. And we have another caller. Welcome to Provocative uh, Thought. Caller, welcome to Provocative Thought. Hello. Please press one. Hello? Hello? Yes. Can you hear me, Carlton? Yes, I can hear you. This is Carol. Carol, how you doing, Carol? Yeah, all right. What was um, Zimmerman charged with? Because sometimes it seems as though these um, perpetrators... Can you hear me? Yeah. Sometimes it seems as though the perpetrator um, are charged with um, whatever the charges are don't really fit the crime mm-hmm. in order that they will get off. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know what was he charged it. with? Manslaughter. The, the jury had three choices. Find mm-hmm. Zimmerman guilty of second-degree murder, find him guilty of a lesser charge of manslaughter, or to find him not guilty. Now, Mind you, we got a dead body. We got a dead man, a dead youth here, and he's not guilty of nothing. We have no crime except for these guys that were fighting on the lawn. Right. I think with Zimmerman, too, if I can remember correctly, the case, his father was a judge, you know, and I'm sure he had some influence because I, I think when the media was reporting the crime at the time, they thought it was odd the way he was brought in through the um, police department and then let out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, it was implied, you know, that that his father probably um, influenced some people. But um, for George Zimmerman, um, I'm not understanding, even with the stand your ground, how he wasn't charged with anything. He definitely should have not been found not guilty. The fact that he was given instructions by the police. Um, operator. Police huh? operator. Dispatcher. Police, right, the dispatcher, not to follow, not to pursue, and to stay in his car because there was an understanding by these people that something like that could occur. You know, number two, it could have been the opposite way had Trayvon Martin actually been a felon type person. You know what I mean? Right. And if he was in possession of a gun, I think they were trying to tell this guy to stay in your place right. so that he wouldn't get hurt. Right. You know? For safety. That's correct. Hmm? It goes both ways, just in case. Right. I'm saying it works, it works both ways. But right. he knew he had a gun. And right. therefore, you know, um, um, didn't pay attention to those people. Number two, I believe Trayvon... He could see enough that he was young. I think that he was confident that he didn't have anything because I'm sure as a town watch person, if he watched people all the time, he seen various types of people. 
And I'm sure there were some people he wouldn't even dare engage whether he had a gun or not. You understand what I'm saying? Right. But I think he felt safe with Trayvon because Trayvon was young. And I think he knew he didn't have a gun. You know, he was not going to a, a shootout. You know, he he didn't approach him with the intent of thinking, well, if he got a gun, I'm armed, I could take him. Oh, no, I, and he, he most definitely did not approach him or follow him thinking that he has a gun. Nobody would do that. Right, I think Unless he knew he didn't. Would, he have he a gun, I think he knew he was young and that he was a kid and that he didn't. He wasn't that type of individual. You understand what I'm right. saying? And that's mm. where his confidence or cockiness came from in pursuing him. Because well, I'm sure he probably, you know, could have ran across some guys that were sure enough, you know, um, gangster right. or thug, and he didn't bother them. He probably mm. just made a call. You know what right. I mean? So I, <clears throat> I don't know how that case came out the way it was other than um, those people you know, we're not looking at it. Sometimes, and I believe in cases, people make decisions based on if that was me, and they don't listen to the facts. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I was on a jury trial, uh, civil, and they were talking about awarding this person uh, money for injuries obtained. Well, one lady was being sued by somebody because they were in a car accident, and she brought that up. Well, I don't want to get, you know, somebody suing me. So her decision really didn't have to do with the facts. So you had to bring her back in and say, this has nothing to do with you. So either those people, since they, you know, were using the stand your ground, you know, as a defense. They didn't use stand your ground. That's why they didn't. They did not use stand your ground. ground. I thought they did. They used self-defense. He used self-defense. Well, I don't know how he got off. I don't know how he got off. Even if that guy, even if that guy was whipping his tail on the ground, the people should have realized he stalked that boy. Well, nobody could realize unless they saw the whole thing. But you know. Well, he stalked him. Trayvon wasn't looking for him. He didn't. You know, that's the whole point that I'm, I'm making. Like how. What happened when they actually came face-to-face? We'll never really know. We just have Zimmerman's version of what happened. Right. But, um, even based on Zimmerman's version, I'm saying that Trayvon Martin may have, even if he did choose to use physical force towards uh, Zimmerman, he had he the right did. to do it because he was being stalked. He was afraid right. and he was intimidated. And we know that that's one of the responses to being, intim- to being intimidated by someone, you fight back. Yeah, I don't think that. I think there was some discrepancy. Not so much that they engaged in a in a, in a scrapple, but what happened when he actually fired that shot, if I can remember, it was contradicted by, um, what do you call it, forensics, you know. Uh, you know, if, if it's contradicted by forensics, forensics, George Zimmerman should be in jail. Right. So, it was you know, time to work. Right. But it didn't work that way. That's why I said in the beginning, and then nobody, you know, like in the movies, you see CSI, I don't know, that couldn't happen because of lots of people, but like, none of that happened. Right. And the and the TV shows, you know, the person gives their version, but when that forensics, you know, pathologist comes up and he gives the, you know, well, the person had to be this way, they came in, you know, they generally don't get off. But, right. you know, that's in this case, he did. 
Right. And, you know, um, the two um, specialists that did the audio, um, that reviewed the audio of the person screaming said right. that it's not George Zimmerman. Right. And they Which, used two different right. techniques. Right. You know, Which so I guess that was again, all right out the window. They didn't right. care about that. That's not, they, but George is saying it's him screaming for help. The, the experts said, oh, that's not George Zimmerman. I thought, now I don't know because you hear, but I thought he was talking on the phone to a friend at the time. He and the friend, right, and at, at some point she heard him hollering. Right. She said he right. was hollering. I don't know if that, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know how it went, but she heard some noise. Mm-hmm. And then the phone went, then went dead because they probably got into a scuffle with that. Right. You know, yeah. Anyway, I mean, a guy walking suspiciously through a neighborhood does not deserve to be murdered, even if he had uh, was suspended from school for ten days for having uh, traces of marijuana in his book bag. I don't yeah, think that has nothing to do with what happened. Record, him, criminal sorry. record, juvenile record. At that point, what happened that caused the, the death of Trayvon Martin? Just going to the store, you know. Right. I see some kiddos. Why is this guy following us? If he had not followed, if he had been an adult, I don't think he would have followed. followed him. I think if he looked, if he him. looked threatening, if, if if Trayvon Martin had looked threatening, I don't think George Zimmerman would have gotten out of his car. Mm. So he preyed on Trayvon Martin. That's what you're saying. I'm saying that because he looked, um. He knew that this guy, to a point, wasn't, uh, I'm going to, vicious. You know, you get some people, they look, you you know, you're not even going to mess with them. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying this guy didn't look threatening to this guy, and that's why it was easy for him to get out of his car. Had he looked threatening, I don't care if he was carrying a gun. If anywhere, if he thought in any way, shape, or form, that there would have been some type of altercation where he could have gotten hurt. You understand right. what I'm saying? He wouldn't have got out of his car. And I think he probably didn't like the fact that this guy, you know, at some point when they did come face-to-face, you know, stood his ground. Stood you his know. ground. And, and, and I he think stood his ground because this guy is, you know, following him. Right. You know, like, what's your problem, man? What you following me for? Right. And then right. he probably, you know... They got into whatever they got into, and then he was whipping his hiney, and then um, he he pulled the, the gun. At one point, I thought they was, this is so long ago, I'm trying to remember, it was as if, you know, he whipped him, then he got off of him, he must have pulled the gun out, he had his hands up, right. you know, like, whoa. Right, you know, George Zimmerman said it. He shot Trayvon Martin, and Trayvon Martin was on top of him, put his hands up, said, you got me. And then, as the eyewitness account, he looked, he seen him fighting, uh, heard a shot. George Zimmerman got up, and there was a youth underneath him on his stomach. So how mm-hmm. did Trayvon Martin get on his back or his stomach? Like, which was he on? I mean, if he's mm-hmm. dead, you know what I'm saying? Zimmerman mm-hmm. didn't know how he got on. And Zimmerman got on. How did Zimmerman get on top of Trayvon? Mm-hmm. If he's saying he was on the bottom, there's a lot of inconsistencies going on here. I wouldn't say Drew Zimmerman was on top. Mm-hmm. So, so how I, he there, I don't know. Because he supposedly shot him in his chest. He right. didn't shoot him in so, his back. How was he shooting him in the chest 
because of what lethal force was being, you know, used. What you understand what I'm saying? Like I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, y'all in a fight. You can get your nose broken. Lost. Right. Yeah, that's right. You lost. Right, you lost, and you now you're gonna get down. Right, right. you stayed in your car. Right, you wouldn't right. have that problem. Right. I feel just based on that alone, the fact that you disobeyed and put this guy at risk for injury, which ended up really death, you should be right. held accountable. You understand what I'm saying? You should be held saying? accountable. That's right. Because you didn't do what you were told to do. You reported it. That's your job as um, town watch, and then it's in the hands of the police from that point on. You know, and even if he if he followed him, he should have said, stayed a distance, you see what I'm saying, away from him, so that when the police arrive, he could say, I'm at, you know, the corner of such and such an intersection, and he went north, he went east, you understand what I'm saying? But at okay. no time should he have made contact with Trayvon Martin, right. just on on the, on the the fact that he perceived him to be something that he wasn't, right. you know. He should have stayed his distance, you know. The town watch is just a report. You called and you did your duty. Now let the police handle And they even told him that. Stay in your bed. Don't right. It's not about if Trayvon Martin ever did anything bad in his life. You don't get to kill a person because he has a criminal record or he smoked weed or something like that. He doesn't have a criminal record of violence, though. You know. Even if he had a criminal record of violence, you don't no, get but to I'm just saying. down on the street. No, that's what they do with everybody. You know what? He smoked weed, but that's not the issue here. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't pursue. He he wasn't a stalker. You know, he could have just as well got on his phone and called 911 and said, look, I'm being followed by this guy. I don't know why he's following me. Right. You know, I'm at the corner and such, but he was talking with a friend, you know, uh, keeping them updated, you know, what's, what's going on. But... Just from the fact that George Zimmerman didn't follow instructions given to him by the dispatcher, the police dispatcher. It wasn't an option. He said, stay in your car. Well, if you feel like it, you know, don't, you know, you think you could go a couple of blocks and keep up with him? No, they said, stay in your car. Right. And because he didn't do that, he put that young man in a position that caused him his life. And he should be held accountable for that. Even if there was no conversation with the police dispatcher, he still placed Trayvon Martin at risk. He never identified right, himself he as a friendly him. individual. Hey, I'm town watch. I'm just um, looking over, watching, see what's going on in the neighborhood. I don't mean he didn't no identify himself. Are you okay? You know, right. nothing. Right. He never presented himself as somebody that this kid didn't looking have to be out. afraid of. Yeah. Right. So what do you think is going to happen if you're following him and then you uh, you walk by where he is, according to George Zimmerman, but you don't see him in the area, and you walk back toward that same area and you see him? Apparently, if that happened, he had to be hiding from you. Right. Now, this guy's trying to get away. Why didn't George Zimmerman run? He didn't, he didn't say anything about how I attempted to run or nothing. He didn't feel. He actually really didn't feel threatened. Uh, he wasn't threatened by him because he saw he was young, right. and Trayvon didn't look threatening. Because right. I guarantee you, that guy had seen some some people, 
that looked threatening, and he didn't follow them because right. they were threatening right. to him. Right. And he, he, you know, he probably thought of how that might come out. You see what I'm saying? He might he thought about the outcome of any type of interaction with these other threatening-looking individuals, and he right. never left his car. Right. But when he saw that young boy who looked non-threatening, he knew he had a gun. Right. And, you know, he, he went on and, and did what he did, engaged them, which he shouldn't have done. But I'm right. saying he should have been held accountable for engaging him in the first place because right. he he did call the dispatcher. Not We're not going to talk about even if he didn't, but he did. And right. it's reported that he was instructed to stay in his vehicle and not to pursue him. When they when they asked him, are you following him, he, he said yes. They told him not to do it. And they should have stopped at that point. You know, but because he didn't, he should be accountable for that. You took it to the nth degree, and it ended up with this result because of you. So no restraint. He because of no you. Restraint. Because of you, this boy is dead. The boy is dead because of you. The boy is not dead because of his own actions. He just went to the store. You understand right. what I'm saying? He wasn't out committing a crime or anything. But you went beyond. You disobeyed instructions given to you by a police dispatcher. He made a poor decision with or without talking to the police dispatcher. He made a very poor decision. We have one more call. We got enough time for one more caller. All right, Carol, we got one more caller. Thanks for calling. All right. Caller, welcome to Provocative Thought. Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. One of the things I wanted to say was... um, George Zimmerman represented town watch, not town cops. And I don't know a lot about town watch, but my, I would think even with the town, I mean, even with the title, that your role is to watch, not to engage, to uh, take the law into your own hands. And I guess as I listen to the dialogue, you know, between the callers and yourself, it sounds like to me that, well, it appears to me that when George Zimmerman got out of his car, he knew when he got in his car before he started his town watch whether he had a gun on him or not. All right. If any that transpired was unintentional on his part, then when he got out of his car, he had a choice at that time to leave his gun there if he wanted to present to this young man as if he was non-threatening. Right. But but I think because he had the gun, that ensured him that if matters got um, out of hand for George Zimmerman, that he had another weapon in his arsenal to protect himself that Trayvon Martin didn't have. Right. So Trayvon Martin didn't anticipate a fight or his death even upon being engaged by George Zimmerman. But those were possibilities that came from George Zimmerman just because of how he prepared himself for the night. Right. So I think that um, I think the charges should have been more than manslaughter. Um, but, you know, that's how our justice system is. 
But um, I just just wanted to add the input because I guess as I listen to you talk and listen to you know how the story unfolds, I started thinking about the mindset before that night even started for George Simmons. He prepared himself for war. That that young man just prepared himself for a trip to the store. All he armed right. himself was was money to pay for it. Right. So that's about all I have to say for tonight. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. That's not all the evidence. That's just things that I picked out regarding the case I'll and some you know, One more call. One more caller. Okay. Welcome to the oh, Vodka Talk. Uh, Hello. Hey, Mr. Carlton. Hey, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. I had a, have a, have a comment. Um, <clears throat> if Trayvon would have killed Zimmerman, what would have happened to Trayvon? You think he'd be in jail right now? Oh, yeah. He'd definitely be in jail. And why would he be in jail for, for defending himself? Taking his gun well, and shooting him? Well, I, if, I don't know how he would have killed him with Terman also, because if he took Zimmerman's gun and shot him with it, I think that Trayvon would have went to jail for that. Because you got you got a dead, you, you have a dead man, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think he would have went to jail just on the basis of that we have a body and we're going to lock you up till we sort this thing out. Just on that alone. You killed him, right? Yes, okay. You go to jail and and uh pay you know, you know, and so forth like pay, you know. I I don't think they would have treated him like they treated uh Mr. Zimmerman had a relationship with some of the uh people in the system. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I think he would have got not got the same treatment. Young black mm-hmm. male, you know, you know the you know. Yeah, he'd been prosecuted before he even get to court. Killing the town watch, the head of the town watch. We've been having these burglaries. I think he, I was always alluded to that. They were these black guys breaking into the, the uh, complex places around there. You know, so uh, I don't know. Uh, Trayvon wouldn't stand a chance if he'd have killed George Zimmerman. Huh. First thing he could hope for is to have a witness saying, well, this guy came at him. You know what I'm saying? He had mm-hmm. a witness to see that he would have been up the creek with no paddle. The way it's turned out, he still, um, you know, he still met his demise, you know, because one man, you know, you know what, couldn't walk away. You know what I mean? You know, let the kid be. Yeah, he could have did that. He could have been an adult, right? The guy that they thought was licensing to carry the pistol, he could have behaved in the manner of which that guy, right? Should have behaved, mm-hmm. but he didn't do that. He behaved like the guy that has has a weapon on him, you know, and can do what he wants. Vince, we got to go. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for calling, my brother. I want to thank everybody for calling. Thanks for calling this tonight, for listening. You will not be I want to thank Free Mother for allowing me to host the show and engage You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and stop the revolution. The revolution will not be televised. Speak someone. Help somebody else. The revolution will not be televised. Start holding the conversation about things. The ass light. 
And don't take the away from our system, our quality of life. Until next time, peace out.